we recorded this what two two years ago, Mike. Yeah, I just listened. I listened to it. To be honest, it sounds a lot better listening to it than it did when I was in the room. I mean, I, I don't think I asked a question until about minute nineteen. It's only a twenty-four minute podcast. Uh, he was um, well. He was very. He's obviously a very highly intelligent man. Yeah, and he's uh, he thinks the thing's completely different. I mean, that's you know, why that's why you two got on a lot better, a lot better than perhaps I did because you you also have a mind of just looking at things completely different. I well, mean, I think we've we've got an idea from being in the industry that laser. It's like right flatbed laser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tube you, you laser. Get, yeah. yeah, tube yeah. laser. But that's what or I thought. You get I was, a sheet or a plate, yeah. and you chop it. That's what I thought I was doing a podcast on, and he starts talking about you know algae on a shark, I, and the know, fishes. Wow, yeah, I thought we was interviewing someone from the Sea Life Centre. <laughs> I had to, like, I suddenly had to, like, okay, right. I just sat there and listened. It was. Um, I haven't felt like that since GCSE English. Yeah. it's. I mean, I find it interesting, because normally when we do these pods, the way they generally work is I try and organise the start to the finish with these are the roughly the questions that we're going to go through, and this is roughly the order. And I think sometimes you read them. I don't ever read them. Okay, excellent. But normally I know enough about the companies to think to myself, well, I know this or I know that person. So yeah. I'm like, okay. So, I did, so this, this was different. Well, I just presumed laser, no problem. I thought, yeah, no worries. He's, he works for a business who competes with, you know, Biostronic or Trump lasers. This will be, uh, you know, Amada, no problem. Then it was, uh, yeah, you know, gets out the show with whatever and, you know, compares it to a bird's wing expansion. I mean... <laughs> But blew, I mean, look, my mind. I think, listen to the pod, see what you think. Yeah, well, don't listen to me. You won't be listening to me. I asked about two questions. <laughs> yeah, enjoy the pod. Enjoy. Very, very first auto second lasers are around the corner. And an entire cargo ship is, is way too expensive. I'll need a decade to, to laser engrave an entire ship. And if you could replace that with a structure similar of sharks, because I've never seen a shark with algae, something might be hidden in there. And I want to see if I could discover that. I, be- I got to believe that water repellent and, and more of those features are not really into the materials, but more of the surface structures. The, the great thinker Hannibal from the A-Team said, people often don't see what's right under their nose. Hi guys, it's Pete Comerford and Michael Bolton. The metal guys. We're joined today by Edwin Kroon from Lion Lasers in the Netherlands. Thanks for joining us this morning, Edwin. Thank you for having me here. Um, if you can just give us a bit of um, a background into you know, your role within that company and how you kind of got into the laser sector, Edwin. Well, I'm, I'm 35, I'm Dutch. Yeah. Um, I studied something with animals, and um, it appeared that, that animals have structures, feathers are structured, mm-hmm. and it, it baffled me that we try to polish airplanes while, well, no bird is smooth. So I believe human the humankind is doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. And um, well, one day I was invited to to see or to to see a laser in action and of course my my little boy's heart jumped up in the air i thought i want to see that 
And he wrote my name on a piece of aluminium in white, and which made sense to me because, well, aluminium from itself is basically white. Yeah. And then he said, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I can do this better. It just changed some settings on the PC and the laser went over it again and it turned black. And that really baffled me. So we put it under the microscope and I saw structures that more or less resembles what I've learned from, from nature, from biology. And then I decided I want to work for this company. So that's how I ended it up there. How did you end up? just being at a laser company was it just did you know someone there what what happened it yeah really the, the 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 boss married to one of my friends from college ah right okay okay and you mentioned there about bird structures so talk about your your kind of previous to you know joining this laser company you did you worked as a scientist what what happened or was it a university I studied as a scientist, but I got to work for a software company that created a solution for the air freight industry, which was a guy, fails in repetition, was a guy who was married to a friend from college. <laughs> and uh, the, the, the software needed to be sold. And I well joined the company more or less first initially as a, as a side job, but I got pretty good at it just by demonstrating the software and mm. just show it as advantages and let people try it and well then they got hooked because there was a real advantage by using that software and I had the privilege to fly halfway across the world to to attract a lot of airliners and freight forwarders mm. and after a couple of years well we had the majority I believe from the 25 largest forwarders we had a few of them globally, but 22 or 23 were one way or another attracted to our company. So that game was pretty much played. I've slain the end boss. There was no really no goal for me to reach anymore. And yeah, wanted want to have a new challenge. When you contacted us just after we released, I think the first or second podcast, you were really early to jump on and actually say, look, I've got a great topic to talk about. I really want to talk about laser and maybe the future of laser. When I jumped on a Zoom call with you, say, eight weeks ago, you were talking about, again, the microstructures. Now, can you just give us an idea of why you felt that laser could incorporate these structures and the kind of some of the testing that you've done and how that's kind of got you the creative juices flowing and the excitement? Well, it, it had to do with the protein called keratin, mm. which, well, your hair is made out of it. And so are feathers, uh, scales of fishies. Yeah. Well, if I step under the shower, my hair gets wet. I see birds flying through the rain and they'll remain dry. So I, be, I got to believe that water repellent and and more of those features are not really into the materials, but more of the surface structures. During the study, I, I looked through those, to those structures under a microscope. There was no way for me to recreate those structures. It is a macrostructure, and on top of that, there's a microstructure, and on top of that, there's a nanostructure. And everything has a purpose and a reason. Nature doesn't throw energy away. 
So it has to do something. And one of the biggest lies of, of nature is the color blue. There's no animal in the entire kingdom that has the pigment blue, not the blue jay, not the blue tits, not mm. the parrots, not the kingfisher. It's all absorbing and reflecting light. It's basically well, quantum theory in an animal. But I didn't, I had no tools to recreate those structures. There's no hammer available to me at that point in time that I could try to mimic those structures and see if I could, well, put it on stainless steel, for instance, so that I never have to unclog my shower drain. And with a laser, with the, the black name on that piece of aluminium, I noticed something that well, somewhat far in the distance resembles a structure that looked like some of the feathers that I've seen. I thought, well, the the laser is sort of my hammer, and let's see if I can replicate those structures and mimic, well, or at least copy over the the properties. What age were you when you started originally kind of thinking about, oh, actually, I I can see a use for this, this micro and macro structure and the nano structure that you were talking about? Mainly it was water repellent, water attracting, but not mm. water repellent a bit more because I, I don't, I like a clean car, but I don't like washing it for an hour. Yeah. And one of the other things is anti-fouling. And that is on the bottom of boats that well prevents algae from attaching to boats and that makes it slower. And it releases copper and, and paint into the, in the in, into the open waters. And if you could replace that with a structure similar of sharks, because I've never seen a shark with algae, something might be hidden in there. And I want to see if I could discover that. Have you discovered that now? Have you? No, not yet. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. I would be no, on the Bahamas. I was, I was thinking that. I, mean, <laughs> I did test it, and the first results are promising. There is a qualitative difference between the structured surfaces and the unstructured surfaces. But up to now, I lack funding to reserve time to have a lot of samples and to basically pay a company to put those metal plates into the sea and just wait for three, four months to, to see what happens. How, how, would you, how would you think it would go if you, know, if you put them on? How do you think it would go? I think we, well, the first tests were promising because there were less algae, but more of those um, sea shell clamps things. Yeah, yeah. On the, it. Ones that, the ones that stick on. Yeah, those white things you always see on, on the top of Everywhere. wheels and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there was a difference. And if we can attract, well, those those clamps and remove the algae, we can also would be able to turn it around and remove the clamps and attract algae. But then you have at least a qualitative difference. And then mm. it is, well, figuring out how we can optimize those structures repel both or attract both and speed it up because it still needs to be lasered and a laser takes time times money cheapest that just got to come from somewhere yeah and then we need to figure out what with, with a partner what does it save for you and how much do we think it costs and then you have black numbers or red numbers, go or no go. Well, I know um, it just kind of gets me thinking. I know when I was a kid and my dad was explaining to me about the role of cathodes on oil platforms and how using a less noble material in the North Sea, potentially, the, that would just rust away and it would mean that the, the legs that were holding the top side up wouldn't rust, which was, which was like it baffled my mind that 
it would just it didn't matter where you placed the cathode it would it would ju- that would rot because it was less noble than the material it was attached to but when you start talking about these kind of ideas that you've got they're a little bit more revolutionary it's not the norm it's not what people are talking about day to day so how have you found i mean obviously you haven't had the sponsorship or people coming to you and giving you big chunks of money to design this but have have you found that people have been quite open to the suggestions that you're making and the the potential uses or has it been quite a difficult sell to get people to listen if you tell us the, the in in the right order it's it's quite easy to convince people yeah and you shouldn't start with i can make nanostructures i can make macrostructures i'm trying to recreate or redraw uh fishy scales or bird feathers mm-hmm. you should start the other way around what is the advantage for the potential customer they don't want to unclog the shower drain they don't want to spend millions on on putting a boat on a dry dock they won't don't want to lose thousands of gallons of of diesel on the engine because it's running less smooth and if you can tell it in that way that a shark is swimming far more efficient just by a nanostructure mm. and that you have the ability well to copy that with a laser or start with the advantage and then work your way back then people are willing to listen because well, they don't want to spend too much money they don't want to clean they don't want to unclog and then they're interested because well um, um it is revolutionary on one way but the other way well nature is doing this for billions of years so not really ahead of the pack and perhaps I'm ahead of humans but I'm still 3 million years behind on nature yeah no I totally understand so how have you found i mean which which market sectors have you been going because you've obviously spoken about hygienic purposes and you know you mentioned diesel engines there so that can run smoother less cleaning you know which which sectors have you kind of been targeting and you found of have been partial to the ideas that you're presenting today the the one sector that is really keen to adopt this is the medical industry if you can repel water water is essential for all life so also bacteria if there's no water bacteria have a hard time surviving and for a pacemaker we're still cramming a lot of antibiotics into people which is not really healthy but also bacteria tend eventually to resist antibiotics and they're really keen for well basically any implants that you need in in your mouth or whatever hips knees we replace people almost halfway up to cyborgs and there is a lot of interest in on just a simple structure uh, limit the the pressure of the amount of bacteria that can attract to that material and therefore well prevent uh, a certain infection there is a threshold on the amount of bacteria that either the body your body still can well work your work its way around it or it starts dead on infecting and and rotting and there's a threshold and if you can Well, put it below a certain threshold, or keep the amount of bacteria below the threshold. It's good. But you know, like a lot of these laser companies that obviously we're dealing with, or say, say for instance, the laser companies that you're potentially selling to. I mean, surely to to get these kind of contracts, they need such massive creditations. I mean, it must be. How how would you see that people adapting to the business in the future of of these kind of particular projects? 
We specialize a bit more in the, the solid state lasers because they're far more durable and far faster. Uh, for any company listening, I wouldn't start with those nanostructures. They're no. quite of in infancy and it's payback or it's ROE time um, has yet to be determined. There is lower hanging fruit. A lot of companies, eh, industry 4.0, the digital revolution, everything needs to be tracked and traced. People or a company want their logo on it and their serial number. And currently they're still using stickers or ink printing on it. Mm. Yeah. That is the low hanging fruit. A laser can mark that and write it into the material within, well, basically seconds. A sticker needs to be pre-produced. So you're stuck with what is written on there. If you want to change things on the fly, and especially with COVID, everybody needs to adapt quickly. With stickers, you can't. With a laser, you can. Basically, it's a, just a paper printer on steroids. Now it eats metal. And every sheet of paper can have a different print. And so the laser can also use any, well, every single product can have a, a different mark. Okay. And the machines that you sell, I mean, how are they, how are they to deal with like mass production or... No, because like, obviously, like the part numbers, I presume automotive must be a massive sector where people want part numbers, um, you know, cash numbers, and so on. True, but I still need to be, convince people um, that they need to take a step back. A lot of people, well, a lot of businesses that I meet, still think I want to have um, my no, my name, my logo, a, a code on it. Do we use either an ink or a sticker? And they don't take a step back, what if we, well, put it into the material itself? The, the VIN numbers from car chassis, we were, well, hammering it in because it needs to be visible and readable for the next year and the next decade and the next mm. century. From that perspective, it's a bit, it is a shame that a lot of manufacturers don't see their products returning after two years of service or after five years of service. Because if you're, well, highly praised logo is, is halfway gone from by UV rays or sun or, or, or water or wind. It does devalue your product a bit. And a laser, well, it, it takes some time. It really takes some effort to remove a piece of stainless steel, to remove an engraving. Mm-hmm. And from a safety perspective, it, the engraving is, is better. If the material itself is damaged, you will notice a sticker can be peeled off. Uh, a paper of a paper paint can be washed away with with gasoline or ethanol or paint oh. remover. When we um, when we spoke a little while back, Edwin, you showed me um, a video clip of some stainless steel that you were dropping some water with a teak pipette on. Uh, it was quite interesting, just at a slight angle, and the water obviously was just almost sticking to the surface and then slowly running down. And then you showed me an area that you'd etched and it was about, was it about an inch or two inches? It wasn't two, large. Two inches. Yeah, two, two inch square. Long. And when you use the same teak pipette of water to drop on, it almost looked like the water, it almost looked like the water didn't even touch. It was just like it was forced or repelled away. Yeah. But when we spoke, you said that obviously that, to create that etch was not necessarily labour intensive because the machine's doing it, but it took quite a long it's like there's a big time investment in it, really, and there's time's money. So how do you think we're going to be able to overcome the obstacle, which is the expense to the kind of the value proposition for some of the things that you've discussed? Well, 
the the main question that I get asked after showing that video is all right. When do we have an unsinkable boat? And an entire cargo ship is is way too expensive. I'll need a decade to to laser engrave an entire ship. <laughs> but there are smaller parts of a ship that see far more water or see far more where, where this has a, a bigger influence the, the the propeller the camshaft the um, rudder yeah. or perhaps a ballast tank can be way way improved by yeah. that on the other hand lasers are still evolving are still getting better we're kind of used now to nanoseconds uh, lasers, which I believe is a millionth of a second, but the Pico and the Femto second lasers are in universities already in place, and the very, very first Atto second lasers are around the corner, which is a billionth of a billionth of a second, and I believe we can't go any faster than that, and that has to do with the laser, because if you sh um, an electron needs to be stimulated and then fall back to its original state, then it emits light. That's a property of a laser. And by the attosecond, we're reaching the limit of the dropping back of the electron. That part is almost becoming too slow. So they're reaching the speed, well, basically light speed. We can't go any faster than that, which is insane because there's 300 million kilometers a second. So you're saying that these, this is like now or around the corner that we will be able to etch at one billionth of a billionth of a second? Yeah. And from that, well, that is where we're heading. Basically, for the lasers that are currently out there, the more power you put into, the faster it can engrave. Right. And that is also constantly in development. We started with lasers that were 3 watts or 10 watts each. Yeah. And we're now up to 120 watts and, and, and faster. And there are some interesting developments that will really speed up the, the laser marking. The other advantages of advanced touch of lasers is that they can co-op and they scale linearly. So if you have two lasers, they can engrave twice as fast as one laser and four lasers four times as fast. That comes, of course, at the cost because two lasers are twice as expensive as one laser. But then, it, yet again, it is a cost-benefit uh, cost analysis. It, mm. Is it worthwhile to purchase four lasers or to, to use four lasers and, and cut down on the engraving time? And does it save enough money on diesel, fluids, aerodynamics, whatever, to make it worthwhile? I suppose yeah. it's like the um, photovoltaic market, isn't it? You know, to start with, the the return on investment was not great because the systems weren't great at harnessing the sun's light and then turning it into energy. And that market just developed rapidly. Obviously, there was government funding in many countries to kind of get it off the ground. You know, we, me and Mike were out the other day, weren't we? And we were looking at a system that someone had got on their house and it was like 20 years old. It was terrible. And then next to it, they'd got about half a mile's worth of photovoltaics, haven't they? Yeah. It cost a fraction of the price, but were about a million times more effective. So I'm assuming that laser will be the same, that as the technology gets to this level that you're su suggesting that it can't really go any faster than, the cost will start to come down as the technology... Yeah, absolutely. You can also take a look at, at cell phones, 
they're yeah. taking well basically your cell phone has more calculating power than the entire allied forces that that conquered europe einstein's theory of relativity is in your gps chip so it, it will take some time the first teslas weren't that fast it was based on a modified lotus and yeah. now look at those machines they're driving four or five hundred kilometers or 300 miles range they're they're practical they're good so well we'll, we'll get there so my thoughts are that at the moment you're selling machinery that essentially just etches you know it sounds like you've got a million and one potential applications for laser which is where you're really you're really excited how do you stay motivated to just do what you're doing at the moment and not just get run away with all these ideas that you've got well every time i'm i'm showing a laser and what it can do the, the, their first reaction was all was the same as my first reaction initial reaction is just pure awe and amazing what is happening how can this happen and that is a, a piece of joy you see the, the glittering in their eyes something is, is triggering them and that's the same way i started and eventually you'll learn the machine you'll learn the applications and then you can move on to the next step and perhaps we can improve things or what if we and then I'll start the, the, the story with the feathers and the hairs and, and nature inspired. But that is the mm. third step or the fourth step. Well, basically any laser that I sell starts with the first step. And the first step has a moment of joy in itself. You know, these, the way that you think about laser, I mean, is, is all these just come from your, the start from nature? Because, I mean, I'm just amazed listening to you. It's like it's almost blowing my mind the way the way that you think, because you're so far ahead of the way. You know, when I've ever thought of laser, I'm just thinking, yeah, we use it in automotive, tight tolerances on the end of a cut, making it easier that you haven't got to do drilling, taping. You can just do it all through a, through a laser, and it just offers such a cost benefit. And then I've listened to yourselves talk about laser, and it's like everything I've been taught is like, Doosh, this is the future. It's like it's massive, really. I don't, I'm almost I'm almost amazed of the way I, I listen to you talk about laser because it's just like I don't I've never met anyone who talks about it the way that the way that you have. The the great thinker Hannibal from the A team said people often don't see what's right under their nose. Buck just <laughs> your car with hundred miles an hour, and that buck is annoying. But if you take a second look at the buck and at the wings and at their feet how does it how do they stick up to the ceiling how does a tiny bug in the middle of the night knows where you are and knows where to sting you how can it be that it stings you without you noticing it that would be awesome for any uh, any hospital that i can inject you with something without you having any pain so that that wondering just right in front of you that, that yeah that that happens keep on asking questions and for every answer that you get then more questions pop up in your head and that's how science goes yeah so so you think it was more nature or more the a-team <laughs> <laughs> it's more nature but the a-team helps me to translate it to how this crazy mind every now and then works because those guys, they could make a rocket launcher out of a bed, a bed spring and a, a pillowcase, couldn't they? Yeah, and they're bulletproof <laughs> just by invisibility. <laughs> right, well, look, that's great, mate. Look, really appreciate you um, t- 
taking the time today to talk to us about your ideas. Definitely. I've got an headache. Oh, yeah. I know, I'm watching, I'm watching Mike Absolutely. on the video, it's blowing Honestly. his head. Honestly, like, I'm just not clever enough to listen to it, I'm just like that, it's just blew my mind. <laughs> It feels weird saying that the podcast is over because this is so long after it was it was kind of over. I hope you enjoyed the the podcast today. I know my <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, it was uh, it was an interesting part. It was interesting to look at Liza completely differently. If any listeners have are listening to it and actually thought of Liza that particular way, then congratulations. Um, You'd be surprised. Yeah. Look, it was we learned, didn't we? We learned it. It was interesting. I think the idea of doing these podcasts is to have people like Edwin, not just to have people that we look at traditional, you know, stock holding metals engineering or look at even the machinery sides, and we just keep it to tradition because otherwise nothing ever changes, does do we? We don't no, have no. these. We don't have these discussions. So, yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, as you can tell by the two questions I asked, and one of them was almost asking because I just. It was like I haven't spoke, and then I scoreboarded it. Yeah. But never mind. It was uh, it was interesting. Well, he's. I mean, we 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 recorded that ages ago, as we said, kind of in the intro of the pod. No particular reason. We've recorded a load more podcasts. We just haven't just haven't had the time to get edited now, really, because of uh, you know just working. <laughs> I know it's a, a poor excuse, but I think that's the way we're going to do it now. Now, aren't we? We do them in seasons. I think. Yeah, you know, I think we probably put ourselves up to a. A bit of a foul where we had them coming out every couple of weeks or every month. Yeah, you just can't do it. You just it. can't do it. It's unrealistic. But you know. no, we've got another. Um, we've got another six recorded that we videoed as well. So looking forward to getting those released. We'll release those in a chunk. This one will just be a bit of a standalone, just to go out with a metal magazine, kind of in conjunction when that releases. And then yeah, we've got six to come out. We've got we've got more people that we, we want to get podcasts done with. So. Yeah, hopefully we can probably release eight for the second series and have them going out weekly. Then there'll be a big gap, <laughs> and then we'll do season three. Yeah, but you know, what what kind of topics do you want to be listening to, Michael? Who do you want to be talking yeah, to? I'd like to get do a season on independence of how they built the businesses. I think that I think they're always quite interesting and quite motivational, aren't they? Of how you know, I'd also like to get people on who've maybe sold a business. Yeah, you know, a lot of that happening at the moment. A lot of people being you know, brought out. It'd be interesting to get someone about how that process works. And I know. Well, I keep ringing Yorkshire Stainless, but Steve never takes my calls. Never no, now changes there. He was like that when he used to give him an inquiry. Yeah, I think I agree though. I think, yeah, th- those those areas would be interesting. But, um, you know, we're going to be talking to more universities as well. So people that are kind of surrounding the industry about... So more podcasts where I don't talk that much. Well... <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you'll you'll do better next time. We all improve, don't we, Mike? That's that's the aim of the game to get better with it. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, thanks for uh, taking the time to tune in. New podcasts will be released soon, and we uh, we look forward to speaking to you. All the best. <laughs>